here, there, and everywhere. SAFM 104.6 FM in Twani. All things automotive with the petrol head, Nikul Smith. Nico, where exactly are you right now? On the couch with a cup of coffee? On someone else's couch with a cup of coffee? Like just... <laughs> good, good, good morning, Michelle. That was funny. Um, <laughs> I'm on my own cup, uh, or my own cup, or my own couch. Um, I've had a coffee. You should actually say he's on the couch. He's had his coffee. So I'm on the couch. had had a coffee. Mm. Um, at home, yes. At home. Okay. At home. So you made your so, own cup of coffee. It was like a, the real deal. It was like, a, it was a, yes, it was a nice day to start the day with a cup of coffee. So I'm ready to go and to jump right into um, our segment. Okay. Um, and today's one, I, I thought about um, uh, something, well, different. And a, little, a lot of this, I think, actually, I was going to say a lot of the show is actually my opinion. But a lot of this is my opinion about what are things in cars that really work quite well. And, and what are things in cars that actually that we have as options sometimes that don't work that well? Uh-huh. So, of course, please stop me if we have some questions oh, along we, no, the yeah, way. We've, those... we've got questions, but we'll come to questions in a moment and we'll uh, open okay. those lines. Don't forget, guys, if you do have more questions for Nico and if you have sent in already, not to worry. We've got them down and we will respond to them. But you can either WhatsApp us on 0614104107. You can also SMS us on 41391 or call us on 0117142006. You know what? The questions are actually the part of the show, one of the things I enjoy the most, even if I don't always know the answer. So <laughs> let's jump in. Yeah, how things. often do you know the answer, Nico? Uh, 50%, 50%. I'm so teasing you when I say that you know that. I know, I know, I know. So, okay. what, what are things in cars that, that work quite well that I've come to really appreciate? Yes. And one of them is, is cruise control. Yes. Well, yes. Okay, well, if you take seatbelts, we don't appreciate them, but they're in the segment that we don't realize. I've got a different segment. I've got one that says what doesn't work, oh, what okay. works, and what is good, but we don't realize how good it is. Yeah. So, okay. Thing, things that I like or that work well is cruise control in a car and especially radar cruise control. Um, so if you're driving, especially long distance, when you've got the cruise control on, it makes the driving a lot more relaxed. Now, a radar cruise control system effectively is cruise control. Let's say you set the speed at 120. Yeah. But with a radar cruise control, you can also set the gap. So what, what the radar sensor does, as there's a car in front, let's say I'm driving at 120, um, I've set the speed at 120, but there's a car in the fast lane doing 100. Your car will slow down and keep a set distance. And when the car moves out of the way, your car will accelerate back to 120, which makes any driving actually quite relaxed, especially after a day of working and you're frustrated and it's been a long day and you're driving home and sitting in traffic. Um, with automatic cars, they bring the car to a stop. As the traffic stops, when the cars go, your car goes again. So it actually makes for very relaxed driving, um, and my car happened to have something like that, and I use it all the time, and I actually miss it when I'm not driving other cars. So a radar cruise control is something that actually is very nice to live with. In dri- and works in, I mean, any, any highway type of driving works really well. One that I, I, I don't have on my car, but I, I've, I've come to appreciate these LED headlights. Now, I ha- I've had people say, listen, they're very bright, and they, they feel that the, the brights, sometimes the lights are too bright from the oncoming cars, or sometimes I think the cars are just on brights themselves. But if you look at LED headlights and how good they are, my car's yeah. still got 
the older type of Zenon lights. And if you compare, uh, if you drive just the, 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 the Zenon lights and driving the car with LED lights, the lighting at night and how well you can see is really, really makes a big difference because it, you know how uh, at night how many people are around now with potholes and, and other dangers. They make a huge difference on your visibility at night. So that's something yeah. I miss if I drive other cars and then go back to my car. One I really like on, on is functions of the steering wheel. You know, just being able to control your volume up or down or change the track is something that um, is actually quite a, a convenient feature when you're driving because you're listening to music um, and um, you want to talk to somebody, you can turn the volume up or down. If the phone call comes, you can just press the button on the steering wheel. That's actually something that is really quite convenient. And if you're used to it, a call without it, something you feel like you, you miss a little bit. One I think you'll also appreciate, well, I think most of us, is the fact that we have a USB charger. A lot of course. Oh, I love USB. that. Yeah. So, uh, oh, my phone's running out of energy. Well, don't worry, you can charge your phone in the car. That's actually convenient. Um, a lot of cars actually now also have wireless charging. So wireless charging is a little pad in the car. You just put the phone down and the car will um, effectively um, l- um, ch- charge your, um, your, your phone wirelessly. But just be careful. They tend to run the phone very hot, those wireless chargers. So um, it's probably for the life of the phone, it's better to have a cable as opposed to that because the phone is running quite hot, but it's really quite convenient. And one that's also a simple thing, but actually really quite good, is an auto-dimming mirror. So when you're driving at night, you know, the headlights behind you shine into your, your, your mirror. So you, we add those little, you know, on the bottom of your mirror, you have that little thing that you dip the mirrors away. Mm. And an auto-dimming mirror at night is really quite cool because as soon as there's a car behind you and their lights shine into that mirror, the mirror goes darker. So you're not blinded by the light. A simple little thing, but if you're driving a lot at night, an auto-dimming mirror is a very nice thing to have. So, you know, Nico, here's an interesting thing. So you mentioned, like, um, cruise control, LED lights, um, mm-hmm. the... Function of the steering wheel. Function of the steering wheel, USB charger, and more. How many of these things come into entry-level cars? Are we seeing that happen more and more and more? Mm. You actually do. So a lot of these things are now... Um, cruise control has been around for a long time. The radar cruise control, you are seeing on, on more, I wouldn't say entry level as the start cars, but, you know, sort of mid-entry level, if, you, if there's a segment like that, you do get them. A lot more cars now have LED headlights. A lot of cars, just the basic entry level cars, don't have functions in the steering wheel, but a lot of them now do. Yeah. Probably all cars now have a nice USB or USB-C charging port. Auto than we mirror, not necessarily on entry level cars, but if you go to, like, let's say, a, a little bit further into the car range, they, it is available. So all of these ones, except maybe for the radar cruise control, are easily available, sometimes as an option. But when you've lived with them, um, I actually think the, the, the options I quite enjoy and work quite well. They're simple things, but they make driving easier for me. So, so let's, um, let's put that out there. So to our listeners, Nico is going through things that make car driving easier and things that make car driving more difficult. And uh, perhaps you have some ideas around that as well. You can WhatsApp us, you can give us a call, you can SMS us, or you could uh, just put it through on Twitter as well. Nico, what doesn't work for you? <laughs> now, the biggest rubbish is gesture control. I mean, what is what? You, gesture control, where you wave your hands left or right um, to scroll through a page, or you can... Um, move your hand up or down to get the volume up or down. It's just a... What, what gesture a control? Thing. I didn't know that. While you're driving. So while you're driving, um, some cars have that. So they have a screen, you know, on yeah. the screen you can 
swipe your hand left or right and the, the screen will go left or right. If you want the volume to go up, you can make a certain gesture, the volume goes up, or a certain gesture, the volume goes down. But apart from it being a bit finicky, you've got all those controls in the steering wheel anyway. So, apart, you know, you, instead of just going up or down rolling on the steering wheel, you now have to take your hand off the wheel to move it in a certain direction yeah. to, to, to make the screen change or dim or whatever. Just, it seems initially quite interesting, but hey, it's just, that's a waste. <laughs> the next one, the next one is, I'm not a fan of this. I know it works and a lot of people will stand in this camp. I'm just not a big fan of, of, of start-stop systems. They, they're frustrating. I understand why they're there because the manufacturers are trying to save fuel by adding a function where you, when you're not idling um, the car is, or when you're not when you're stationary the car is idling. But hey, it's just I find it quite a quite a big pain. What's um, that? Next just up, say that again. Start stop. The normal, you Jeez. know, the start stop okay. function. I stop hate start stop. I mean, if you were going to do a quick getaway, start stop would make sure that you couldn't. Yeah, it is a pain. It it, it is just a start stop is a pain. I, I'm not a fan. So do the you just switch your start stop off? Yeah, I actually, my car's manual. I'm old school. So when I, you know, I actually wanted a manual car. I, I surprise so many people when they hear that my car's manual. And I actually like a manual car. I, 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 even sitting in traffic, I appreciate, I just like the way manual cars feel. I, I feel yeah. we're going to lose something when we eventually we don't have too many, man, too many manual cars anymore. Voice control also is a pain. It's just stupid. I mean, sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. And I've tried it with different cars. You're, your accent yeah. has an effect on it. Sometimes if you have an, a heavy accent, it doesn't hear that well. Um, yeah. Maybe it could be my voice or my Afrikaans accent. I don't know, but it is, I, I, I find them a pain and I've tried it in different cars. Some of them it sometimes works quite well, but it's not consistent and yeah. not being consistent. And also it doesn't work when your friends are in the car and you're trying to show them because they're probably also talking, which means your little microphone is not only picking up your voice, but also your friend's voice all talking at the same time. So um, if you want to show somebody, for instance, in a car, you've got to tell, tell everybody not to speak so you can show them. But hey, I'm, I just, I'm not so sure. Uh, another one I'm not a big fan of is volume control with a little plus or minus or even a slide. I, volume control to me works the best when you still have a little round thing that you can turn, you know, like a volume knob. <laughs> That's great. If you've got some cars that got a little plus or minus and you've got to try and press or a slide, I just, hey, hey it's irritating. <laughs> Do you feel the same, Michelle? No, not? I'm just laughing because I feel like you're showing your age. Oh, really? <laughs> probably, <laughs> probably, probably. <laughs> Another one, there's two systems um, I actually am not a fan of. One of them is a head-up display. By the way, it's not heads-up. A lot of people talk about heads-up, but it's only one head, which is the driver's head. Okay. So with a head-up display, I initially couldn't understand why I just, let's say, I almost want to say I don't see it. Yes. And then I realized why. Because it's actually not a good thing in the sense of when you're driving, you look at the instruments. But when you look out of the car, a lot of people just look where the nose is. Yes. Well, you should be looking far ahead. So for me, I actually never, even if the car's got a head-up display, I never see it. And I couldn't figure it out. And one day it dawned on me because I'm looking far ahead. Because for advanced driving, that's one of the basics. Or for defensive driving, look far ahead. Yeah. So to see the head-up display, you've got to look just past the bonnet, which is actually not a good way to drive and where you should be focusing. So I'm not a fan of a head-up display. And the same one as well, the lane-keeping systems. In other words, we have systems that when you're driving, they keep you in the lane by steering a little bit. So when you're driving, as you get to the white line, they steer back. But I find mm. them a bit aggressive because it feels like they're yanking the wheel 
and it feels quite artificial. So um, if you're doing long distance driving, some people might like them, but I'm not a big fan of that system either because I always feel the car's a bit aggressive in getting the car back. So I tend to turn that off when I'm driving in a car. So those so, are, there's six now, but those are the systems I'm not a big fan of. And I, I don't necessarily I mean, know if they're the best. It's interesting that you talk about long distance driving because someone uh, sends us a message to say, who has the money to drive long distance these days to enjoy all those <laughs> nice features? Well, what we well, show... if you're a rep. If you're, if you're a, a rep, rep, you might have to do it. But like as we're yeah. saying, Pandi, maybe uh, uh, these features are not quite as nice as they make out to be. So this, this, you know, when you talk about the head-up display, that it actually just it focuses your eyes short distance just yes. past the bonnet. It made me wonder. This is my opinion. Yeah, this yeah. is your opinion. It made me mm-hmm. wonder about how cars um, might be developed for different markets. So. Perhaps a market like a German market might say, well, this this actually works because of certain reasons, maybe the autobahn, I don't know what. But yeah. whereas, like, what happens when it then comes to South Africa? And do we ever see uh, car manufacturers changing the design of the car according to the kind of market and, and country it is? That's, a, that's an interesting question. Just wanna, before I forget about head-up display, if you have Polaroid sunglasses, you won't see it, by the way. Oh. Because... Uh, a head-up display is a reflection in the windscreen, and Polaroid takes uh, reflections away. So if you have Polaroid sunglasses, you also, if you've got a head-up display, take your Polaroid, just lift them up, or turn your head sideways, and you'll see Ugh. it doesn't work. That'll so, really, like, make things work well. Yeah, I've, I've had people, with, uh, you know, one of the dealers on phone, and the customer was complaining, because sometimes his head-up display works, and sometimes it doesn't, and he figured out to do his uh, Polaroid sunglasses. So um, some head-up displays, yes, um, one more thing, they sometimes have navigation uh, arrows on them and they, they tend to work quite well. But as I said, just from a basic point of driving, I'm not a fan. Now, it depends on the manufacturer because um, if you look at, you've got to almost look at the scale of cars they sell worldwide and how many do we sell in South Africa. Mm. And that then say, what is the cost involved in getting things just for our market? Yes. So if we're a small percentage of their market, nah, maybe they wouldn't consider it. If we're a big percentage of the market, they would definitely consider it. So if you let's say take Hilux, Hilux is such a big seller. Um, of course, even in single cab or double cab, they are going to consider South Africa because that's a big part of the market. Yeah. But if it's a, uh, uh, it's a sports car brand and they sell only a few cars here, they're not really going to concern themselves with uh, adding South African options only. What yeah. is also an issue um a lot of German cars, as an example, or let's call them European cars, might not get some of the engines here because our quality of fuel isn't great. Um, they just can't bring the engines here, and they're not going to modify the engines just for our market because we have a few cars. So I think sometimes they definitely consider our market, but some things the investment is just too expensive. So it wouldn't make sense for them to, to modify cars just for our market. So, so if, they, if, they, low volumes. if they don't bring the engines here, does that mean they don't bring the car here? No, it, it would just bring in a range of cars. So let's say in the range of cars, they've got six engines. Yeah. Um, but four of them are Euro 6 engines. That means that they'll only bring two um, because those four won't work, as an example. So it, it, it also sometimes is just about, um, let's say they, they have a brand new engine. Um, and in Europe, they sell lots of cars. That engine doesn't come to South Africa initially. Um, and we get a different version of the engine because the big market is in Europe and that's where the engines are going because they're selling lots of cars there. So there's many factors to consider why things come to South Africa. We sometimes look and say, but I've seen that in Europe and I don't see that in South Africa. The manufacturers actually do lots of testing 
And then for the same thing, you can imagine that the South African side of the company wants to get the stuff here. They want to get the best engines and they want to get the best technology. Mm. But sometimes the, the, the parent company would say, you know what, the, the volumes aren't, low, uh, aren't big enough, so certain things are restricted. Or, and, and sometimes it's not. You know, your, your market is, is, sells quite well. If we take GTI, I think in, in worldwide, we're the third biggest seller of GTIs in the world. Okay. Um, so that, that depends on the market. All right, moving on. Quick, so we've got a bunch of questions that I want to get okay. through. Um, someone's saying, interesting question this. Surely the stop-start um, feature would cause quicker wear and tear on the starter motor and the brushes. No. So a starter motor actually has a reduction gear on it. In other words, the car's actually designed to switch on and off and on. The, the motor's designed to it. What would be bad is you at every traffic light switching ignition on and off and on. In other words, doing it manually in a car that wasn't designed but yeah. the car's actually designed around it. The starter motor is stronger, if I can put it like that. It's actually, so it, that's, there's no more warranty. It's actually tested quite well. Okay. Next question. Don't all these extra dist- distracting extra gadgets contribute to less time of eyes watching the road? No, they don't. Because volume control, as an example, volume control on the steering wheel means I, have to, don't, I don't have to look for the volume control, as an example. Um, uh, um, so... Um, and I, I, so that's one example. Cruise control, actually, not at all, because the car's maintaining the speed. So you might not go faster than the speed limit or much slower if you're not concentrating. Um, so I think, and remember, I, these are a few I've mentioned that I mm. think that work quite well. But there are other functions that can distract you. Yes, it's definitely a possibility that if you have other things, and they can distract you. But again, as a good driver, you shouldn't let the functions of the car distract you because you should be driving and not functioning. Mm. Okay, yep. then uh, uh, this is from Andronicus saying, can you please ask Nick if it's possible to bring back the 1963 Chrysler turbine method of using natural gas to propel cars? Um, <laughs> so I'm talking about, uh, okay, so natural gas, actually you get them in, in Europe, you get cars that run with natural gas. Mm. I've driven a car like that. So um, the car actually has a natural gas tank uh, um, and then uh, a normal fuel tank. So when you, were you filling up, um, you get your um, um, fuel cap and next to it the natural gas tank. So the natural gas being a lot cheaper, um, you just have to look for the right filling station. But as you stop at the filling station, you then you have the choice and you fill it with yeah. natural gas. And it's cheaper. And when the car runs out of natural gas, automatically it switches to the petrol engine to run on petrol. So it actually is available. As, and I don't know about other countries, but I've driven a car like that in Europe. So um, I think it's about infrastructure in South Africa and about, you know, to get the natural gas to filling stations. So that's possibly why it isn't here. Everything's about infrastructure in South Africa. Then uh, a question for you. Um, uh, Please ask Petrolhead why South Africa is not invested in biofuels. I know diesel is made via biofuels. Can petrol also be manufactured via maize and sugarcane? I think that we've we've had this question before, and it's always Mm. such an interesting one, is can we shift, given what we know is going on globally? Of course. I mean, we've got amazing knowledge and, 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 and uh, uh, um, um, biodiesel and biopetrol has been made. Uh, bio, um, biopetrol, what's the right word now? Synthetic petrol has been made from CO2. Um, so um, it can be done, but if you, let's say you're using maize as one example, you'd rather want that for food as opposed to fuel. So it can be made. It's, um, and again, I don't know, there are companies that do this. So I, I actually say there are companies that are making um, these biofuels in South Africa. But um, there's other factors to consider. So some of the, the biofuels before were actually could have been corrosive in the long distance or long run in the engine. That was, I think, maybe the older one. So it can be done. It's a, it's a, a factor of cost, I think. 
and, and then uh, yeah, to have the right investment and have, the, let's say, the fuel companies on board would also help. But they necessarily don't want to be, so I don't know. Okay, so I'm going to challenge you to go and find out a bit more about that <laughs> for our next okay. show. It'd be interesting okay. to find out, um, you know, because I imagine if you're going to go for biofuel, then you have to start changing the engines again. Well, no, yeah, some things might have to have a modification. Where are you going to find the biofuel? Just think about it like this. You know, where are you going to go to a filling station? Will you find it at, at, at a filling station? Probably not, because if they're using crude oil, why would they want to use bio, biofuel? But then again, you've got to say, what is the biofuel made of? The biofuel is made from any food source. We'd rather want to have the food as opposed to, as again, maize going into biofuel. So yeah. um, that could be one of the reasons why you don't see it that often. Okay. Or that, that much. So JK wants to know, is Mercedes-Benz, BMW and Ford autonomous? Uh, have they got... Uh, Mercedes-Benz have level 3 autonomous driving in Germany under very strict conditions. And I don't know if it's available yet. They've shown it in the new S-Class. But then on very certain spaces on the autobahn at a certain speed. Um, uh, if the, in other words, it's very restricted. But Mercedes-Benz have said that they have level 3 autonomous driving. Yeah. And they've also said that they'll take, if the car is in the autonomous mode and there's an accident, they'll take uh, the, let's say, They'll pay for that because um, when the car is in autonomous mode, effectively the manufacturer is responsible for what happens. So if you followed all the rules and there's an accident, they'll pay yeah. for that. But I think it's like 25 k's an hour, 25 miles an hour. It's not fast, but yes, Mercedes-Benz has level 3 autonomous driving as, that you can buy in Europe. Do you see that ever coming to South Africa? Probably. I mean, uh, if, if you give it enough time, that technology finds its way here. But for autonomous driving to work, you have to have the right regulation. So it has to be regulations in the country that allows that. You have to have a very, very accurate navigation maps to allow that. The cars have the right sensors already. So if, 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 you, if, you, if the regulations are fine and the maps are good enough, it could be that, let's say, on the Ben Skuman, between Pretoria and Johannesburg, um, if there's certain conditions, met, the car could drive in that mode. I've driven cars that are level two that almost feel like they're autonomous driving. So I'm not sure when, but it can come to South Africa. There's not, yeah, but probably the regulations are the biggest issue. Nico, thanks for joining us. We'll chat to you again next week. Wow, is it back? Oh, that's quick. Time nice flies week. when you're having fun, my pal. <laughs> it does. It's nine o'clock. It's time for the news. Good morning.